0: Hello, I'm Patricia, and this is the Poetry P podcast. Well, I'm back from my holidays and raring to go. And what an episode to come back to. Today, thanks to many of you and to our editor Linda Ludwig, we have some original short poetry written for the Poetry P video prompt on YouTube. I'm going to read them to you and then you can read them again when the Poetry P journal 2.23 comes out. I'm aiming for December, keep your fingers crossed. Now, have you added your poem to the comments section of the YouTube video for this month? It's the only way you could submit for this feature. Linda reads them all and there are regularly over 300 views of the video and the poems, and sometimes more than 500. So either way, you're going to gain quite an audience for your work. Then, of course, I'm joined by four fantastic judges for the poems that were accepted for the Cut podcast. Thank you to Lakshmi Aya, Jenny Shepherd, Sandra Simmons and Carla Ramesh, all of whom did a sterling job and put up with the technical problems I was having. Myself and Carla were on holiday Carla, Blesser had no problems joining us, but as for me, well, suffice to say, all did not go well at my end, but I hope you can't tell from the recording. My thanks, too, to my lovely editing team, Lorraine Padden, Vandana Parashar, Liam Maguire, Ronald K. Craig and Robert Horribin. You know, we worked hard this month on the cut submissions and I'll be honest with you, we rejected more poems than we normally do. So I thought I'd tell you our method of choosing, just for transparency, so you know what process your poetry goes through. But before I do, let me ask for a little bit of help. Social media exhausts me. Do you think you could give the podcast a shout out wherever you find yourself? Facebook, X, Instagram, maybe even TikTok. That would be a novelty. Post the poems we've accepted, let your friends see your work and know that you have been featured on what is one of the leading poetry podcasts and almost certainly the leading haiku podcast globally. It would be a great help to me and take a load off my shoulders. Thanks in advance. So then how do we choose the poems to feature? Each submission is anonymously and randomly allocated to one editor on our editing spreadsheet. You, as the poet, have that primary editor for your submission, but they can call on the team to look at it if they're unsure. And then of course, I have the final word. So at the very least, two sets of eyes see your poems each time, sometimes more than that. No one is rejected without more than two pairs of eyes having had a look, because, you know, all of us are poets ourselves. And we know as much as poets try and remain objective, develop a bit of a hard skin, it's not the greatest experience to have your work rejected. We don't like doing it, and you almost certainly don't like receiving a little rejection. We want to show you that we respect that you've taken the time to send us your work and we're grateful for it. And you know what? We enjoy reading it, whether we reject or not. So today I'm going to start with the poems chosen by Linda Ludwig from the video prompt. Don't forget to write yours this month. Sweeping the skies, the bow brushing the violin strings. Sweeping the skies, the bow brushing the violin strings. Amita Paul. The last days of summer, a leaf waltzes alone in the breeze. The last days of summer. A leaf waltzes alone in the breeze. By Sali Chatterjee Dutt. Afternoon, nothing in the air but melody. Afternoon, nothing in the air but melody. Rupa Anand. Early autumn, sound of sadness from a fiddle player. Early autumn, sound of sadness from a fiddle player. Govind Joshi. Govind, one of the children of my neighbors is learning violin. And this poem perfectly expresses their playing. Although I have to say, it's the second year they've been learning and there's a definite improvement. And last but not least, Memories, a sparkling lake skipping stones. Memories, a sparkling lake, skipping stones. Wanda Davis Thanks so much to everyone who took part. I'm looking forward to hearing which poems have been chosen from the October prompt. But until then, I hope you very much enjoyed these as I did. Shall we hear the poems chosen from the cut submissions? I think we'll start with a visit with the lovely Lakshmi Aya and find out who the first of our nominations is going to be. Many of you will know our first judge today, Lakshmi Aya, because she's a regular contributor to our podcast and highly active on the Triveni Haiku site. Those of you who don't know of the site are missing a treat. I'll put the website address on the show notes so you can go and have a, an exp- explore of it. Lakshmi, welcome to the podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself
1: and where you're joining us from today? I'm Lakshmi Aya. I'm joining from India, the South India. You are most welcome. And tell us, which poem did you choose and why? Actually, there were many good poems, as usual. But it was quite tough for me. and uh, But then this poem, which I have chosen, it uh, was bang on. Hums Texting on the School Bus, Silence. Hums Texting on the School Bus, Silence by John C. Fingon. A very visual and hardcore poem, I would say. A stark scenario. I immediately got connected with being on a school bus. I was fortunate to travel on a school bus in my school days for almost 15 years. One hour to and fro, with singing, storytelling, looking out the window at the bustling world. Where were the phones then? Our generation's world experienced interactions, creativity and conversations through all the seasons. The bonding of friendship, respect, and trust were deeply rooted. And suddenly, this turn into the discovery of smartphones with youngsters' thumbs texting for hours seems quite dark and saddening. Though cell phones are a life saving gadget, the use has tremendously affected our memory and cognitive skills. A study from Alato University says that the thumbs, text at a speed of 38 words per minute, just 25% slower than the usual typing speeds. There is a constant conflict of their left and right brain. The internal wiring is clogged with rising questions in the behavioral and psychological attitudes. I won't say don't use cell phones, but use them effectively in a given time. And then the result is like there is mental illness, stress, depression, insecurity. And then an absolute silence, which we read in line three, very distorted and creepy. It's not a good silence at all. The brilliant use of an ellipsis just after line two and just before silence as showing the movement of the bus and the thumbs texting. The ellipses could have been avoided, but the poet has intelligently stressed the want of the readers to pause and contemplate on silence that could have been either meditative or medicative, which is neither present here. I really like the sense of selflessness in this poem, making it a more generalized statement. The sonics here with the sounds of T and S the T from the thumbs texting, and the S, the school bus, the silence, have elevated this poem with a classic touch of brevity in just nine words, a craft in itself. And here I would love to add words of William Henry Davis on leisure. What is this life if full of care? We have no time to stand and stare. And so instead of full of care, I would just like to add, what is this life if full of smartphones? We have no time to stand and stare. And I would really thank John Seafingen for this amazing poem that he has shared on your podcast. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Lakshmi. Thank you, Joan, for this poem. And Lakshmi, sadly, we couldn't, we don't allow the judges to enter the competition,
1: as it were, but you have got a poem for us. Would you read it for us, please? Autumn Rains, the hourly creek of the washroom door. Autumn rains, the hourly creak of the washroom door. Thank
0: you so much, Lakshmi. Thank you. Thank, you for, thank
1: you. for your thank choices you. and thank you for coming and doing
0: this for us today. Thank you so much, Vakish. Thank you, Lakshmi. Lovely poem. Now let's continue with our selections for this month. Oak, the razzmatazz of bare branches. Black oak, the razzmatazz of bare branches. Mimi Ahern. Rainy day, this side of the pane, an old cat and I. Rainy day, this side of the pane. An old cat and I, Rupa Annan. Cell memory, my mountain in the Pliocene. Cell memory, my mountain in the Pliocene. Cynthia Anderson. Keeping its promise, Fragrant Rose. Keeping its promise, Fragrant Rose. Antara. High-rise balconies, songs from captive canaries. High-rise balconies, songs from captive canaries. Ingrid Bellucci. A lump in my breast, new autumn moon. A lump in my breast, new autumn moon. Rowan Beckett. The river slips from her hands, unending thirst. The river slips from her hands, unending thirst. Mona Betty. Swan Lake. The cyst proves benign. Swan Lake, the cyst proves benign. Jerome Bergland Crop Circles, the child plays with his dinner plate. Crop Circles, the child plays with his dinner plate. Robert Beveridge. Our boy's breaking voice, the frog in his throat announcing a prince. Our boy's breaking voice, the frog in his throat announcing a prince. Liz Brown Morning mist, the flow of fine hairs on the badger's corpse. Morning mist, the flow of fine hairs on the badger's corpse. Dorothy Burrows. Village Pond, my daughter's handstand on a cloud. Village Pond, my daughter's handstand on a cloud. Paul Callis. Roof blown off. The losses we share across boundaries. Roof blown off. The losses we share across boundaries. Chris Campbell. Jasmine in bloom. A man in the moonlight reading a card. Jasmine in bloom. A man in the moonlight reading a card. Mariangela Kanzi. Ripples in the temple lotus pond. Puja bells. Ripples in the temple lotus pond. Pooja bells. Ramchandran Full moon filling the dogs with wolf Full moon filling the dogs with wolf Marion Clark Desert storm The man with aching arms runs out of stones Desert storm. The man with aching arms runs out of stones. Tracy Davidson. Slum life. The stars remain stagnant. Slum life. The stars remain stagnant. M R. Diffibow. Butterfly Dance, our topsy-turvy love affair. Butterfly Dance, our topsy-turvy love affair. Krista Downer. War Memorial, the softness of snow falling on stone. War Memorial, the softness of snow falling on stone. Jonathan English. Trapped inside my car, spider webs. Trapped inside my car, spider webs. Ivanka Ettinger. I think I'd be trapped inside my car as well. Do not like spiders. I'd like to thank you for your donations to the podcast. This is an expensive time of year. There are so many apps that I need to pay subscriptions for, websites for hosting, and because I'm planning for next year, books have to be bought. Academic books cost so much, don't they? Anyway, I'm very, very grateful to anyone who has some coffee money they can spare to help me offset some of the costs. So this time, I'd like to thank Ravi Kiran, Cynthia Anderson, Janice Doppler, Susanna Rich, David Green, Ian Speed, Chad, Linda Ludwig, Susan Andrews, John Green, Colette Kern, and Giddy Nielsen-Sweep. And of course, all of you who donated anonymously, and those of you who continued to buy the Journal 123, and of course, anyone who donated when downloading the show notes. Every cent counts and goes towards making content for you to enjoy. At least I hope you do, if you're not enjoying it, and even if you are, do let me know. Send me an email. Thank you to all of you. Now, let's hear what you came here for, a little bit more poetry. Garden Party The Lissom Bodies of the Hollyhocks Adele Evershed Garden Party, The Listen Bodies of the Hollyhocks, Adele Evershed. The Ark of a Returning Salmon, Sickle Moon. The Ark of a Returning Salmon, Sickle Moon, Keith Everts Broken by its own weight, Thistle, broken by its own weight, Thistle, Fumio, aces over eights, one more practice round for the reaper, aces over eights, one more practice round for the reaper, Joshua Gage. Raindrops in every puddle. Channel surfing. Raindrops in every puddle. Channel surfing. John S. Green. Talking it over. The coffin talking it over the coffin. John Hawkhead Rain falling on brown leaves, white noise. Rain falling on brown leaves, white noise. Ruth Happel There's a little head note to go with the next one. Zomu Yamaguchi survived two nuclear explosions. Escaping Hiroshima, the Nagasaki train. Escaping Hiroshima, the Nagasaki train. Lev Hart. Caressing the Peculiar Slant of Love, Letters on Wrinkled Skin Caressing the Peculiar Slant of Love, Letters on Wrinkled Skin Robert Horobin Meditating My cat's mantra, better than mine. Meditating My cat's mantra better than mine Lee Hudspeth Lee, I just wanted to say I love the way you've written that one because by just giving us a clue of the cat's mantra, I can really hear the purring in the background. Westbound route Driving blind in the glare of the golden orb. Westbound route. Driving blind in the glare of the golden orb. J.L. Hoffman. Lipstick traces. The slow grind of a jukebox embrace. Lipstick traces. The slow grind of a jukebox embrace. Peter Jasturmsky Zipping Jeep, the drum beats heavy on the bass. Zipping Jeep, the drum beats heavy on the bass. Govind Joshi Floodplain, all the curvatures of a lapwing. Floodplain, all the curvatures of a lapwing. Christopher Jupp. Christopher, when I read this, I'm standing on a hill in Sussex looking down on the most wonderful curvature of a river. And I, the life of me, I can't remember which one it is. And there are wonderful wide curves and even Oxbow lakes. Thank you. You took me right back to my childhood there. Blue moon, debating the colors of music. Blue moon, debating the colors of music. Sangeeta Kalarikal. Cold night in a small town motel. My favorite channel. Cold night in a small town motel. My favorite channel. Ravi Kiran. Autumn wind. Scarecrows in the fields, still busy. Autumn wind. Scarecrows in the fields, still busy. Natalia Kuznetsova. Power outage. So much revealed in darkness. Power outage. So much revealed. In Darkness, Kim Clue. Falling Ash, A Place Without Birdsong. Falling Ash, A Place Without Birdsong. Kimberly Kuchum. Not Enough Time to Say Goodbye. Bluing in fall breeze. Not enough time to say goodbye. Bluing in fall breeze. Douglas J. Lanzo. Now let's meet another a very active member of the global haiku community, a member of the largest haiku community on Facebook, and also a leading light in the at the British Haiku Society, where Jenny. Are you or are you not the secretary this year?
2: No, I'm the communications officer.
0: Oh, I do beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: I don't even know if there is a secretary, to be honest.
0: <laughs> well, maybe you should ask. Maybe you're doing two functions instead of just the maybe. one. Yeah,
2: I, so. I, do answer, I don't know. I answer stuff. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Either way, Jenny is active at the British Haiku Society. woo So Jenny, Jenny, which poem did you choose and why please?
2: Okay, um, well, it took me four trolls to narrow it down <laughs> to this one. Um, I have chosen a poem by P.H. Fisher. Foreclosure, a honeydew jar left on the counter. Foreclosure, a honeydew jar left on the counter. I actually initially didn't really understand the poem because I didn't know what a honeydew jar was or indeed whether it's pronounced honey dough. I had to Google it and found out that it is a container stuffed with slips of paper listing little things that need to be done around the home. When you have spare time, you pull a slip from the jar and do that task. However, despite my ignorance, that ominous and sad first line immediately grabbed me and I knew what followed had to be full of sorrow. That cut made me want to know the rest of the story. Once I knew what the jar was, I immediately saw a whole image with a backstory over a dilapidated family-run store, perhaps somewhere in the American Midwest, with dust lying on the counter and on the jar. That jar full of little plans for improving the place, which never got done and now never will. I imagine the family had struggled for years to keep the business going and had fought against the mortgage company without success. Where are they now? Perhaps this is set in the past, in the depression. It made me think of the grapes of wrath. For me, there are actually two cuts because there's the obvious one at the end of the first line with the ellipsis. And I'm still debating whether that's important or not Does it seem sadder with the drip, drip, drip of the three dots. For me, there is another sort of curé at the end of the second line, because until you get to the last line, it could be any sort of place. Whereas the word counter makes it sound to me like a shop or a business. If it were a kitchen in a home, I would say worktop. But maybe that's just an English slash American language difference. Somehow to me, the loss of a shop feels bigger than the loss of a home as it affects more people. The image of a room, which in my mind is empty, except for the jar on the counter, makes me look back and forward in time. I imagine a whole novel around it, what the family did before they got to this moment of ending and what does the future hold for them? What will happen to the building? Will the town mourn the demise of the business? Will the family have to leave town? And if so, will the people in the town miss them? There was just something in this poem that made me keep coming back to it, adding layers to the story. A bit like the layers of dust that I see in my mind and that's why I chose it as my
0: selection. Thanks Jenny. Uh, I think it must be a British thing because I had to go and look up the honeydew jar too. I rather like the ellipses at the end for the reason that you pointed out. It seems sadder to have that drip, drip, drip at, at the end there, so thank you for that. We have a poem by you in this submission period which couldn't be judged. Sorry about that.
2: And I do worry a bit that it is very British, but, you know, I don't know. Um, do you want me to read it now?
0: If you would be so kind, it would be great. Thank you.
2: Outside Fortnum's, the homeless man forages, fistful of fag ends. Outside Fortnum's, the homeless man forages, fistful of
0: fag ends. Jenny, I, I just love that last line, the fistful of faggots <laughs> And, yeah, maybe it's British. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but it's lovely. Thank you very much. The Acrobatics of Autumn Leaves, Senior Pilates. The Acrobatics of Autumn Leaves, Senior Pilates. Richard L. Matter. New Blooms, Car Bodies in Trees Mark the Flood, New Blooms, Car Bodies in Trees Mark the Flood, Rob McKinnon. Turquoise Shadows in Khmer Rusty Water, The Empty Boat Turquoise Shadows in Khmer Rusty Water, The Empty Boat Rita Melisano Enraged outside the hive, hums in bee. Enraged outside the hive, hums in bee. Anne Morrigan Wet trail, a rainbow appears on a discarded CD. Wet trail, a rainbow appears on a discarded CD. Daniela Miso. Last drops of the perfusion, evening rooster. Last drops of the perfusion, evening rooster. Monsieur Moldovan. Summer's slow exit, blackberry jam on toast. Summer's slow exit, blackberry jam on toast. Tina Mowry. Football field. Among the beer cans, a red pom-pom. Football field. Among the beer cans, a red pom-pom. David Oates. A giraffe grazes, stretching the sun rays. A giraffe grazes, stretching the sun rays. Minal Saroche. Cherry Blossoms. A mother lifts her baby nearer to the moon. Cherry Blossoms. A mother lifts her baby nearer to the moon. Pravat Kumar Padi. Next station. Ladies of the night waft into a sleeper car. Next station. Ladies of the night waft into a sleeper car. Lorraine A. Padden. Now there's an obvious meaning to that one, but if you go to Google and look up ladies of the night, you might find another one. Rank privilege. The sun stays longer. On the highest peak. Rank privilege. The sun stays longer on the highest peak. Vandana Parishar. Frost fog settles. Only the goose stirs to passers by. Frost fog settles. Only the goose stirs to passers-by, Andy Perrin. One text, then another heartbeat. One text, then another heartbeat, Joshua Sinclair. Migrating birds, the beginning of the academic year. Migrating birds, the beginning of the academic year. Amita Paul. September moonlight, on my pillow, the centre view. September moonlight, on my pillow, the centre view. Sally Kwan. Leaves rafting towards the falls, October sun. Leaves rafting towards the falls, October sun. Susanna Rich. Split pea soup. Outside my window a storm rages. Split pea soup. Outside my window, a storm rages. Bona M. Santos. Bona, I'm just enjoying creating, smelling, and eating that soup in the comfort of my home with that miserable weather going on outside. Thank you. Velvet Dawn, a trio of deer silently staring. Velvet Dawn, a trio of deer silently staring. Peter Shipman. Sandra, now of all our judges, forgive me, I know the least about you. I'm very excited to get to know you. I've already discovered that you're in France. but you don't sound french so tell us a little bit more about you and how you came to haiku
3: yes oh thank you for thank you for having me first of all and i'm really looking forward to learning more about your your podcast and getting to know more people in the haiku world um i am american but i live in france i live in the north of france in lille Um, i've spent my life learning about france and French poetry. I have a degree in French, um, contemporary French poetry, and I came to haiku just after I finished my PhD in 2012 because I needed something to do to free up my own creativity. I was very tired of the whole academic thing, (laughs) so so I just started writing haiku every day, and I have just a little blog where I where I post it. And then recently, this last year, I I created a kind of a haiku group on Facebook, and I've um, I have a a uh, website called Poetry Seed, and so I'm just um, just really pushing out into this um, into these new waters.
0: Wonderful. <laughs> then I will put the links on the show notes so people can come and discover everything about you, or at least the bits that you're allowing people to to, That's um, right. <laughs> to know. It's interesting. You say you're in Leal. My daughter is in Leal this weekend. Guess really? why? Oh, f- um, rugby. Yeah, she went to the rugby this weekend, yes. So thank you very much for letting us into your life a little bit, Sandra. Tell us, which poem did you choose and why?
3: All right, so I also saw many different choices that were were amazing, and I could have chosen different ones, but this one kept calling to me. Homeless shelter, the scent of wildflowers from a cracked vase. Homeless shelter. The Scent of Wildflowers from a Cracked Vase. And it is by Rory Kiefer. I felt drawn by that first line, homeless shelter. There is a lot of homelessness in the world and that's that's one thing that drew me to it. I also live in a city, so there's a lot of homelessness around me. Um, And I think it is a 21st century problem. So I felt like it was really honing in on something um, important. But the, the poem itself makes us think very deeply about what it means to be homeless and what is a home. So the homeless shelter with the ellipsis after that first line, um, really, uh, it begins with a, this cut right after a place that's full of cultural biases. I think when we think of a homeless shelter, there's a little bit of maybe fear of being one of those people. There's a little bit of rejection. Um, perhaps we think of it as a place that would be somewhat unsavory, or you know, who who is going into that place? And it may even be tied to failure, sort of, um, I couldn't make it, or I lost my home, or um, <laughs> uh, life has just been too difficult, and I've ended up here, or perhaps migrating from another country. Maybe there was a, a disaster in your country, and somebody had to, to to move, and then they come to a homeless shelter. I think of also women who've had to run from a from domestic violence, um, people with mental health problems. So to me, the just that alone, with that ellipsis right there, I knew it had to be there. It had to be there so that we could think through all of these biases on our own, and then we are brought <laughs> into not a terrible place, but a place full of perfume. So I, I found that fascinating that we went from, a, from something that is a, a little bit of a symbol, really. This is a place and then we enter it and there's this beautiful scent, there's beauty. The wildflowers themselves, they, they, come, from, um, they come from nature in a place that if you saw a meadow, in the the dead of winter, of course, it would be brown or or not very attractive. But then, as soon as the earth laughs in flowers, as <laughs> you know, the famous quote, <laughs> that um, we we then uh, are introduced to to the the resilience and and just the gift that that wildflowers bring. And so that second line really seems to contrast with the idea of the homeless shelter. And then we have that third line from a cracked vase. So we were talking about sort of the fluidity the, of the S, the homeless shelter, the scent of wildflowers from a cracked vase. So you feel this cracking as being a kind of a representation perhaps of the failure or of something that what I like to think of it's sort of like the wabi-sabi, the imperfection. But as I kept reading this, what I felt was <sighs> shelter is a beautiful place, a shelter is a home. So actually the homelessness has been brought into a place that's full of beauty, that has has an attractiveness to it, the the perfume of the wildflowers, um, it has the visual beauty and the vase itself speaks of home. But it's really the quintessential vision of what a home is. A home is that place where you've brought in a freshly picked bouquet of flowers. So it also has this sort of freshness to it. I guess the the homeless person, the wildflower, and then the idea of shelter, um, those those things brought together, I I felt needed to have that ellipsis, that cut. I I don't think a simple return to the next line would have possibly allowed me or any reader, really to, to think through some of these things. Another thing, is that um, the mixing, of course, of the senses where it's it's not like like you can't say, you know, like you, you see the outside of the building, then you're inside the building. You don't know, really. There's not really that indication, but you have to be in it to smell. So that is one thing I think that brought it from simply a visual plane of of you know, like the zooming in with a camera or something. You're not just observing, you are in it and you're being bathed with this, this beauty and this, um, this, this wonderful scent. And I felt that the homeless shelter provided relief, relief to whoever is in there, relief and beauty. Um, it brings almost a sort of a promise of, of the, the value. And even I would say, rather than homelessness, Homeness. so there's a homeness in that place um, which I felt just brought a really a, a, a deep emotional um, connection I felt to, to all community that's <laughs> the poem just brought me to that point <laughs> so that was a um, I felt it was an a incredibly rich and um, hopeful poem Lovely. um I, I think that's all I'm gonna say for today. <laughs>
0: Okay. Thank you very much. It was, uh, it was great. And I think we're going to discuss, we will discuss shortly uh, the poems that you've chosen. I think there'll be quite a lot of discussion around that one, but we'll see if I'm right in a minute. So Sandra, thank you very, very much for that. And I hope this won't be the last time we (laughs) see you and hear from (laughs) you. I
3: certainly hope so.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much. Sandra. And in case you're wondering where Sandra's poem was, Sandra didn't send us one this time, but I'm sure we'll hear from her again. Harvest Time Getting a handle on all that pumpkin Harvest Time Getting a handle on all that pumpkin Bonnie J. Shearer Sunset Full stop and Sieg to the Cricket Choir. Sunset. Full stop and Sieg to the Cricket Choir. Linda L. Ludwig. Breathing techniques. A flat ocean. A mill pond. Breathing techniques. A flat ocean. A mill pond. Anthony Lusardi Hazy Rain, How Still the Tops of the Pine Trees Hazy Rain, How Still the Tops of the Pine Trees Liam Maguire Distant Birdsong, An Old Friend's Letter Falls from My Diary Distant Birdsong An old friend's letter falls from my diary. Nina Singh. Her last weekly letter. The way news travels in the family. Her last weekly letter. The way news travels in the family. Matt Snyder. Pale sun, spots of autumn on green leaves. Pale sun, spots of autumn on green leaves. Shrini. Crepe paper sky, the light shines through my mother's hands. Crepe paper sky, The light shines through my mother's hands. Jan Stretch. Plastic Beach Bucket, pouring the yellow into the blue. Plastic Beach Bucket, pouring the yellow into the blue. Herb Tate. Autumn Colors. Pigeons fly back to the phone wire. Autumn colors. Pigeons fly back to the phone wire. Kathleen Tice. Red camellia. The kisses given in haste in the doorway. Red camellia. The kisses given in haste in the doorway. Maria Tosti. Traffic Jam. A curbside covered with fallen apples. Traffic Jam. A curbside covered with fallen apples. Richard Tice. Pondering all our origins. Flying Ant Day. Pondering all our origins, Flying Ant Day, C. X. Turner. Park Fountain. I turn from the man washing his face. Park Fountain. I turn from the man washing his face. Alison Whipple. I think this is an intriguing one, Alison. What are you leaving unsaid when you talk about turning from the man washing his face? It feels to me like we've intruded on something very intimate, but I could be wrong. Rain streaked window. I paint red hot Rio on my toenails. Rain-streaked window, I paint red-hot Rio on my toenails. Annie Wilson. Snipping English Roses, an Agatha Christie on the radio. Snipping English Roses, an Agatha Christie on the radio. Tony Williams. And Tony, I'm just off to the garden when I finish recording this because I've got some roses to snip. I don't think I'll be listening to Agatha Christie, but I will be listening to a little bit of poetry by Wilfred Owen. Turning Around Sunflower Sunflower Turning Around Sunflower, Sunflower, Anna Yin. Another mass shooting. I change the channel to Sesame Street. Another mass shooting. I change the channel to Sesame Street. Ronald. Kay Craig. Our next judge will need no introduction, it's Carla Ramesh, who gave us the much praised workshop on Kiri, and she's back as one of our judges, no pressure on the rest of us then to sound clever, but there you go. So, Carla, I'll be honest with you, we had so many super comments on the video for your talk, uh, but this is one of my favourites, I wanted to read it to you such a wonderful podcast thank you very much Carla is a spark plug and I yes I have to agree Carla you are a spark plug and if you haven't seen this episode or heard the episode go back and listen to it because it is a truly excellent piece of work not mine thank you Carla's thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Carla you're going last today tell us who you've chosen which poem you've chosen and why you chose it
4: what is a kid? it's a break it's a silence it's a cut that cut has to be effective and i read so many poems that were uh, that patricia said many had all the three poems that you read and all the other poems of yours had an effective cut but i've chosen one which is a one line where the cut is softer, it's not that blatant, it has a soft soft landing, it is not a jerky landing, like in any uh, uh, places where you have an ellipsis on an M dash, M dash is, hey, see, notice this, okay, in one line, what happens is, it falls, it falls, it falls into the other, and then when you look back, you say, wow, there are so many ways of looking at it. There are so many ways of reading into this poem. And, uh, and that sort of fascinated me with uh, uh, Stephanie's uh, Zeffirelli. I don't know whether I'm getting her surname correctly. Uh, Alone every morning, the cardinal sings. Alone every morning... The cardinal sings alone. I thought maybe the reader who's reading it, but the poet is alone. Alone every morning. Yes, quite possible. Maybe she's alone or he's alone every morning. Every morning the cardinal sings. That is, alone you have a break and then you say every morning the cardinal sings. The hope picture changes. So obviously you're outside or you're close to a window and the bird has come to you. Every morning it has been coming. Do you know that bird? I'm going to talk about the resonance. Resonance is so important in haiku. It it has to hit back or flash back or roll back or curl back into the previous lines. Each line talks about the other line or tells you what the other line is going to be, that resonance. So, alone, every morning, the cardinal sings. Alone, every morning, the cardinal sings. Alone, every morning, the cardinal. And then comes the gift, the cardinal sings. That verb at the end is what made me choose this poem. And then, all of a sudden, you see it curling back. The cardinal sings alone. Mm. All this while I was talking about the poet being alone, or the reader being alone or associating with aloneness. Here you're talking about cardinal sings alone. It is a one single call. It's a one single song. You're not it's not a clutter of bird songs. It is just Alone, every morning, the cardinal sings. What is so special about this song? Because it's the tune that you come to associate yourself. You know, you always call the semicircle in a haiku. They leave a space for the reader to step in. Anytime you step in, you own it. The ego comes in and you say, wow, you understood this poem. And you always remember it like you wrote it yourself. So, alone, which was about the human aspect, suddenly becomes the bird which sings alone. And then you talk about everything coming together, non dualism. Everything is coming together. The following haiku typifies wabi. Wabi is about loneliness. Wabi is about what to say it is about the simplicity the rustic the minimalistic attitude and not being too garish and not being too extravagant or not being too flowery so every, alone every morning the cardinal sings are such simple everyday used words, nothing flurry about it. The following haiku typifies Barbie in conveying an atmosphere of solitude and aloneness that undercuts as Japanese poetry usually does, the distinction between subjective and objective. What was something within me has suddenly become something outside of me alone every morning the cardinal sings that verb sings changed the whole aspect or the whole picture for me the cardinal sings alone every morning and I thought Steffi had done a brilliant job here and I thought she had in very simple words she had given us so much to think about Uh, She doesn't have any punch word here. Like you talked about uh, the shelter. You talked about the cell phone. We all try to have something that will hold our poems together. Here, the whole poem was loose. There was nothing to hold. But I think that word sings made it for me. I liked it. Carla, do you think you could read your poem for us? Uh, My one line is, To rise on the wings of a paper kite. To rise on the wings of a paper kite. Well, you can cut to rise. To rise on the wings, you can cut there. To rise on the wings of paper. To rise on the wings of a paper. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that what all children want to do? to rise on the wings of a paper kite. Paper kite, flying a paper kite is is huge in India. We have a festival in January 14th, which is a paper kite festival. And now I see it through my grandchildren. Thank you very much. Thanks, Carla. So
0: now I'm going to stop the recording and we will sit and discuss which of these wonderful poems have been chosen as our judge's choice. Thank you very much, ladies. Let's get talking. Thank you to everyone who contributed to the podcast this time. I've really enjoyed reading the work to you and working with the teams and judges to bring it to you, despite the technical difficulties. One last reminder to write your poem for the video prompt and leave it in the comments on YouTube. And of course, if you're listening to this in October 2023, you should be getting ready to send me your poems based on the talks by Janice Doppler on Zoka. If you've not listened to them, there are two. Do go back a few weeks and listen to both. I think you'll enjoy them. And of course, if you have any questions, you know where I am. And if you've emailed me your split sequence submissions, I just wanted to let you know I'm a little bit behind because of the holidays and I've only emailed emailed a few people yet about their submissions. But you should hear by the end of the month. That's October 2023. If you sent me a, a submission and you haven't heard back by then, do get in touch by email because things get lost in the ether. And I really would prefer you to email than worry about whether I've received or replied to you. So thank you so much for coming along and listening today, keeping me company. It's never nice to be on your own. And I look forward to being with you next week. So until then, keep writing. And if there are any questions about today's podcast, just email me. You know how. Ciao.